Welcome back, everybody, to Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. We have to go today, so we're going to get moving pretty quickly here today. Eric. Oh. Happy birthday! Oh, thank you so much. Yay! <laughs> Happy birthday! Wow. Can wow, 38 today? 38. 38 years 38. old. Man, I'll live it. Here, have some candy. I, I will. Good. Yeah. Happy birthday, man. That's thank you. awesome. Yeah. Incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. I hope it's a great day for you. I hope you celebrate. And Yeah. Currently, I'm in Texas. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. yep. Currently, I'm in Texas with my family. On location right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And then oh, tomorrow, yeah. much cooler than my birthday. Oh. Tomorrow is Phoebe's birthday. Yeah. So we will be getting her uh, 700,000 Altoids. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I need to start stocking up for that. Oh, man. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. You know what I'd like for my birthday? You like to read the Bible. I would love to read the Bible. And I just looked down and read one sentence, and this is going to be a rough one well, for today. It is day 178. It is. And we are going to read Isaiah 36 and 37. I know. On your birthday. I know. Can't wait. There is some. I just literally looked down and just saw one sentence, and I'm like, okay. All right. Oh, okay. Well, what's it say? Uh, well, I'm, we'll get there. Okay. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, King Sennacherib of Assyria came to attack the fortified towns of Judah and conquer them. Then the king of Assyria sent his chief of staff from Lachish with a huge army to confront King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. The Assyrians took up a position beside the aqueduct that feeds water into the upper pool near the road leading to the field where, the, where cloth is washed. These officials... Who were sent to meet with these are the officials who were sent out to meet with them. Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the royal historian. Then the Assyrian king's chief of staff told them to give this message to Hezekiah. This is what the great king of Assyria says. What are you trusting in that makes you so confident? Do you think that mere words can substitute for military skill and strength? Who are you counting on that you have rebelled against me? On Egypt? If you lean on Egypt, it will be like a reed that splinters beneath your weight and pierces your hand. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is completely unreliable. But perhaps you'll say to me, we are trusting in the Lord our God. Mm -hmm. But he isn't the one who was in, but isn't he the one who was insulted by Hezekiah? Didn't Hezekiah tear down his shrines and altars and make everyone in Judah and Jerusalem worship only at the altar here in Jerusalem? I'll tell you what. Strike a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you 2,000 horses if you can find any, find that many men to ride on them. With your tiny army, how can you think of challenging even the weakest contingent of my master's troops, even with the help of Egypt's chariots and charioteers? What's more, do you think we have invaded your land without the Lord's direction? The Lord himself told us, attack this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah said to the Assyrian chief of staff, Please speak to us in Aramaic, for we understand it well. Don't speak in Hebrew, for the people on the wall will hear. But Sennacherib's chief of staff replied, Do you think my master sent this message only to you and your master? He wants all the people to hear it. For when we put this city under siege, they will suffer along with you. They'll be so hungry and thirsty, they'll eat their own dung and drink their own urine. Then the chief of staff stood and shouted in Hebrew to the people on the wall, Listen to this message from the great king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. He will never be able to rescue you. Don't let him fool you into trusting in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely rescue us. This city will never fall into the hands of the Assyrian king. Don't listen to Hezekiah. These are the terms the king of Assyria is offering. Make peace with me. Open the gates and come out. Then each of you can continue eating from your own grapevine and fig tree and drinking from your own well. Then I'll arrange to take you to another land like this one, a land of grain and new wine, bread and vineyards. Don't let Hezekiah mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. 
Have the gods of any other nations ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamath and Arpad? And what about the gods of Sarevarim? Did any god rescue Samaria from my power? What god of any nation has ever been able to save his people from my power? So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem from me? But the people were silent and did not utter a word because Hezekiah had commanded them, Do not answer him. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the royal historian, they went back to Hezekiah. They tore their clothes in despair, and they went to see the king and told him what the Assyrian chief of staff had said. When King Hezekiah heard the report, he tore his clothes and put on burlap and went into the temple of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priest, all dressed up in burlap, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. They told him, this is what the king Hezekiah says. Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but mother has no strength to deliver the baby. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian chief of staff sent by the king to defy the living God and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those of us who are left. After King Hezekiah's official delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him, and the king will receive a message that he is needed at home, so he will return to his land, where I will have him killed with a sword. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who had left Lachish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterward, King Sennacherib received the word that King Turk Turhaka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent messengers back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem with this message. This message is for the king Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of other nations rescued them, such nations as Gozan, Haran, Rezif, and the people of Eden, who were in Tel Asar? My predecessors destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Eva? After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this before the Lord, O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, are God. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Because you have prayed about King Sennacherib of Assyria, the Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? 
It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers, you have defied the Lord. You have said, with many chariots, I've conquered the highest mountains, yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I've cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest heights and explored its deepest forest. I've dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water. With the sole of my foot, I've stopped up all the rivers of Egypt. But have you not heard? I decided this long ago. Long ago I planned it, and now I'm making it happen. I planned for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are as weak as grass and as easily trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can grow lush and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and when you come and go. I know the way you've raged against me, and because you're raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard of myself, I will put my hook in your nose, Hmm. in my bit, in your mouth. I will make you return by the same road on which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Here is the proof that what I say is true. This year you will eat only what grows up by itself, and next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them, and you will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah, who have escaped the ravages of the siege, will put roots down in your own soil and grow up and flourish. For a remnant of my people will spread out of Jerusalem, a group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside its gates with their shields, nor build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend this city and protect it. That night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. One day, while he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nisroch, his sons, Adramelech and Sherezer, killed him with their swords. They then escaped to the land of Ararat, and another son, Esarhaddon, became the next king of Assyria. And And that that is is our our reading reading today. today. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. That is our reading today. It is. And as we read that reading today, which was our reading today. It was our reading today. It wasn't reading yesterday, but it was already today. No. Yeah. Uh, we had two questions in mind. Mm-hmm. What does this tell us about God? And what does this tell us about us? And then what do we do with that? I actually love the story, and it tells me that God gives us confidence. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tells me that God gives us confidence. And I love it because it's like he's taunting God. You know, mm-hmm. I don't love that. But God shows up at the end. You know, he takes it. Okay, say your piece. Say what you want. Mm-hmm. He twisted things, and he tried to get people to turn from God. But at the end of the day, God God wins. And so that gives me confidence. God gives us confidence. He even, I think, he even asked the question, the king of Assyria, you know, what are you trusting that makes you so confident? Uh-huh. You know, and I would say, I'm trusting God. And he gives me all the confidence I need to do what he's called me to do. Yeah. You know, and when I take my eyes off him and I don't trust him and I trust myself or, or my process or my people or whatever, then I don't have the confidence. You know, I can waver. But he gives me the confidence. And I see this, I see this in many things, but when I preach on Sunday, I'm very nervous. Like when I'm standing there, mm. you know, before I'm getting up. But when I get up there, I, I just kind of like, 
you know, sometimes physically step back or mentally step back and allow him to step up. And it's, it's amazing. I told my wife many many times, like, you know, after sermons or or funerals or whatever, it's like, that was incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, what God did there, because I was like, I wasn't feeling it didn't sense it. I'm nervous about it. But God gives us confidence, you know, to do what he's called us, what he's called us to do. We stand in that confidence and we allow him to to, to fight for us, and we trust him every step of the way. Even when it looks like it's all bad and all downhill, Yeah, you know, he has a way of turning things around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think with that, um, you know, I actually, like, I get where this guy's coming from. Yeah. You know, he says, sure. he says we beat every God. Everybody. We beat all, all the There's guys. God. I, uh, so wait, 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 you're trusting in, and he yeah. doesn't even think that that's primarily it. At first he's like, you're trusting Pharaoh? We've beaten all the other kings in the world. Why would we not beat Pharaoh? Yeah. And then he says, what are you trusting your God? Yeah. And he just shows like this complete ignorance about what's going on. Right. Cause Hezekiah purified Judah by getting rid of all those altars hmm. that were out in, in the high places and all of that. And this guy sees it as he's eliminating the worship of your God. Why would your God protect you? He went around and insulted God by tearing down all of his altars, right? Like this guy just doesn't get it at all. Hmm. And for a person who doesn't understand what's happening, a person who probably was, you know, polytheistic, believed in many gods, he probably didn't see, he probably he could not understand. And so from his worldview, it made perfect sense to say we've beaten every god, you know, we've beaten them all, and your yeah. god's probably mad at you, and we're going to beat him too. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense that he would look at that and say, yeah, no, this isn't going to work out for you, Hezekiah. We've, you know, we've been through this. We've, we've destroyed gods. And today that translates to the people who uh, will, will just – like 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 make a nameless faceless god and say yeah yeah i don't believe in god or i hate god or whatever and it's because they just have this ignorance about what they're saying yeah. right so i had a an atheist friend who would always say like well how do you reconcile all the atrocities that have been done in the name of god sure. right and it's just i get it from his perspective he thinks all the gods are the same being and so if that were true, I also would not like God, right? Like of all the false gods in this world, were if, if any of those things were true of our God, that he's, you know, uh, a liar or that he, is, he deceives people or he misleads people, he coerces, manipulates people, he's selfish. Like if that was true of our God, I wouldn't love him. No. You know, so I get where they're coming from with that. I understand, like, wow, from your worldview, yeah, it's terrible. God God would be awful if that was true of him. Mm-hmm. And so when you say, like, well, what do you say about all these things that have been done in the name of God? They've never been done in the name of the true God, at least not something that God wants. Mm-hmm. You know, there were times in the Middle, Middle Ages and earlier that, you know, like the Crusades, these slaughters were happening in, quote, unquote, the name of God, but it wasn't. God directed. He didn't want that, you know? And so I get it. I get it. And so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, what this tells me about us is that as believers, we have this unique insight and understanding that Hezekiah and Amos and the Israelites understood, the the people of Judah understood that this is who our God is, not who the world is saying our God is. He's not like the little G gods of this world. This is who our God is. And people will come and challenge him Mm -hmm. because they think that they understand and they just 
don't. And mm-hmm. he even says at one point, well, yeah, of course you defeated them. Mm-hmm. Of course those, of course the false gods were defeated. They're not real. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think we just stand firm as the world tries to say like, well, your God is homophobic or your God is intolerant or your God is this or this or this. I think we just stand firm and just understand they have no idea who our God is. And we don't get proud and haughty and, oh, you don't know my God, you know, get out of my face. You don't know my God. Instead, we say, you, you don't get it, but I want you to get it. Mm-hmm. I want you to get who my God is. My God's none of those things you just said. He is loving and gracious and merciful, and he sent his son to die, and, and we just tell the truth about our God. Yeah. You know, And I think that's, instead of wanting an angel to go out and kill 185,000 people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what we want is for yeah. the Holy Spirit of God to go out and, and win those souls. Yeah. Based on what we tell people, the truth we tell people about our God. Yeah, they and they don't know our God, but they can. They can. And that's and, what's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that was us. Yep. That was all of us, you mm-hmm. know, and, and we now know God, and they can. And so, yeah, I agree with you having that heart, not yeah. to slaughter, but the heart to, to serve and to, to love save, and yeah. to save. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And good. Well, cool. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yes. Hope, Eric, you have a great birthday today. Thanks. It was awesome. Hope it's still... It's really going well. Good. I'm so glad it's going well. Yeah, here in Texas. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, Down here in Grapevine, Texas. Yeah, it's over 100 degrees today. Yeah. But it's fine. I'm hanging out with my parents and my wife and my kids, and it's just amazing. Sure do miss you, though, Chip. It'll be great to be back. Well, I'll miss you, too. I can't wait to have you you. back here. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We can read together, finally. That's right. It's going to be really I don't know how this is happening today, but it's amazing. Well, you know, we never talked about it. We never followed up at all on all those backflips we did. Yeah. (laughs) It was really cool. It was so cool. All right. Anyway. Okay. It's time to go. Bye.